You're listening to the EFC Podcast. Sharon Ramsey is a Toronto-based registered psychotherapist and a registered marriage and family therapist who also teaches occasionally at Tyndale and University of Guelph. Sharon spoke to us in this podcast about all those feelings we might be having right now, some guidance for self-care, and some insights for you pastors out there especially. I'm Karen Stiller, coming to you from my kitchen counter, and we hope you enjoy this podcast. So Sharon, thank you for joining us today. Oh, my pleasure. A lot of us are either spending too much time alone or maybe even too much time with our loved ones, if I dare say that. Um, I'd love to just speak really high level for a few moments about um, how we can kind of take care of ourselves, our mental health um, right now with this really weird situation we're in that a lot of us have never coped with before, this kind of isolation that we're keeping. Right. No, I think it's a, it's a fair, uh, fair question. Um, I would say that um, as human beings, we are relational beings. We're meant to be in social contact. And so to have directives from various levels of government say that we need to practice social distancing, self-isolation is a real challenge, if you like, to our basic way of being. Yeah, it feels like it's such a strange uh, situation to be forced into. We And as Christians, too, wanting our impulse and our faith tells us, you know, to reach out to our neighbors, to care and love for people. And we're used to doing that tangibly and physically. And so mm-hmm. it's such a challenge to think of how to do that um, without using our hands, literally. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, speak to us about that. How, how do we best move forward sort of day by day, hour? by hour in this? Um, So I think that probably the biggest challenge is that now we have to be intentional. We can't simply be on automatic pilot. So, you know, where we might shake someone's hand, where we might offer a hug, um, where we might make a date to go out for coffee, we now have to really think about how we can reach out to one another and even how we um, let other people know about our needs. So that may be the first place where we ex- experience the awkwardness of social distancing and the real impacts of being isolated. So the first thing I would say is, you know, how, how can we be intentional? How can we be genuinely interested in other people and let others into our lives when the new normal is stand back two meters? Mm-hmm. So how do we say we need help if we're not people who typically do that? Do I cry out uh, to a friend and say, I need you to touch base with me? Like, where, what do we do to get that kind of interaction that we need? Sure. So we could do something that's really, really, you know, post 2000s, we could phone somebody. <laughs> um, <laughs> what? You know, we could, we could, I know, we could actually talk on the phone. Imagine if I had heard that my teenage self is rejoicing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we can also make use of our social media platforms in ways that are quite innovative. So, for example, the other night on Sunday, I think it was, um, my in law side of the family, we had a virtual dinner party. And we all, we weren't making the same menu, but those of us who were available, we hopped online and we sat together with a screen that kind of looked like the intro to the Brady Bunch, had dinner mm-hmm. and talked. And it was chaotic, 
which is the norm for our family dinners. But it was like, yeah, hey, how you doing? What's going on? So we can certainly use social media in that way to reach out. As I say, we can also call people. Um, if you happen to be a person that likes to write letters, this is a great time to write handwritten letters. Maybe take us, you know, a calm walk to the post office and mail them. Um, and then there's also the piece about the use of just something like Facebook. Um, there are lots of ways to send comforting messages to people. The last thing I'll say from a neighborhood perspective, maybe it's the second last thing from a neighborhood perspective, is that if you know your neighbors or if you're in a place where you, you were heading out to the grocery store anyway, could you put a note on someone's door and say, Hey, I'm heading to Shoppers Drug Mart in 20 minutes. Can you give me a call if you need something? Could we do those very simple things? And certainly from a church perspective, there has been both the use of the prayer tree. You call the one person, they, they send those messages out and the number of churches that are offering uh, services online as a way to feel like we're part of something, have sort of a communal gathering. I'm actually finding Facebook and social media a little overwhelming at times mm -hmm. during mm -hmm. this. Um, I feel like it's just this uh, kind of avalanche of like ideas yes. <laughs> and opportunities <laughs> to engage online actually. And so I, I've been wondering about um, also learning to listen to ourselves. So yeah. I've, ha I've been actually stepping away a bit from checking my Facebook feed um, as much as I normally would have and just uh, trying to really listen to what my body's telling me and what my, you know, mm -hmm. spirit is telling me. Can you speak to that about the, yeah, just Absolutely. how we do that? So um, I guess what I, the, there's a question, if I may ask you, Karen, is how did you recognize that social media was coming at you a little bit too fast and furious? What were the signs for you? Yeah, um, the screaming, the running around the house, crying. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> no, I, it was more, um, yeah, I could feel the start of anxiety rising up in me. Mm -hmm. Like just, mm -hmm. you know, I felt like, oh, this is starting to make me feel anxious. And I, I'm starting to feel like even I'm not doing enough or something that I need to just mm. pull back. So, yeah, it was very much kind of a physical reaction, I think. So I think you've just given a really helpful first start. So if we are prone to feeling anxious and overwhelmed, that's something to actually pay attention to. And I would imagine in that place, it might be, you know what, I'm going to go sit in my comfortable chair and read a book, or I'm going to open up my Bible to my favorite Psalm and read that quietly. Maybe I'm going to turn on the stereo, maybe put on an album, um, open up a radio station, and just listen to that for a moment. So I would suggest that, not unlike when we're at work, that we probably have some phases to our day that are useful for us to maintain as a ritual. So, you know, what's the first thing you do in the morning? If it's go put the coffee on, that's what you do. If it's um, some exercise, if it's I need to pray first thing, this is a time for us to be really mindful and slow and perhaps to set maybe an intention of doing one or two things first and foremost. And so if that means before I go to Facebook, 
I'm going to open my Bible, then that's the thing that we do. Um, it's also probably really helpful, to, as I say, to structure the day. So it's not just one endless stream of hours and minutes, but mm-hmm. it's this morning I'm going to do, this afternoon I'm going to do, and this evening I'm going to do, and keep ourselves sort of in a fairly pared back but predictable rhythm in such unpredictable times. Yeah, that sounds that sounds like really good advice at making making a schedule. Like I'm used to working from home, <clears throat> pardon mm-hmm. me, and that's how how I work most of the time, but I can only imagine for people not accustomed to that it would be uh, easy to just get lost in Netflix all day, for example, or whatever. And um, yes. so having a, a schedule that keeps us some kind of normal must be really mm-hmm. important right now. Absolutely. How about, how about, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Sharon. I was just going to say that I think that this is another place where um, the practices from Jewish traditions might be helpful that, you know, the day starts the night before. So you're closing off one day and starting another before you head to bed. So I do think there's something about being very planful that can help us in uncertain times. Yeah, that's really good. How about just worrying? Um, if And maybe if you live with someone who's worrying, let's take it mm-hmm. from that perspective. Maybe you have a teen or or whatever, where we can all worry about this situation, obviously. Mm-hmm. How can mm-hmm. we be a good companion to someone we're living with who is experiencing experiencing anxiety or worry? Um, I would say the first thing for us to do is to acknowledge that to feel worried or anxious or uncertain makes a lot of sense right now. It's not frivolous. It's not someone you know spinning out of control, especially when we perhaps live every day with a sense of how we control what happens, right? We go here, we go there, we take this, we don't take that. So the first thing I would say is you need to acknowledge for, with the people that you love that to feel a little uncertain, a little off kilter makes a lot of sense given the times that we're in. The second thing that I would say after just acknowledging that worry makes sense is that there, in the midst of the many things we cannot control, we don't know what our prime minister is going to say, what the mayor is going to say, what the premier is going to say. We can focus on, so what do we need for today? So instead of going super global, we get really, really local and think about what can we do today that helps us have a sense of normalcy, that helps us pay attention to this opportunity for a slower pace, and then to stay connected throughout the day so that we're not just, oh, I've talked to you once, you should be good now, I'm off to do my thing. Um, I think it's really important for us, as I say, we are relational beings. And so to be able to share worries and concerns with someone who actually cares is an important feature in, in uncertain times. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's really good. I've been noticing uh, from myself, what is helping me is actually cleaning my house. <laughs> um, you know, just like stepping away um, and cleaning the bathrooms for 20 minutes or making sure the counter is clear. And I realize it's, uh, I can control this, this I can control and there's some comfort there. Absolutely. And I think we also know from a, from a, um, the perspective of our attention span, we really aren't focused eight, 10, 12 hours of the day. We kind of have focus and spurts. 
And so to be able to take regular breaks in the midst of whatever it is, and if that happens to be cleaning, it is springtime. So spring cleaning is certainly on the agenda. We can do that. And maybe it's one room, or as you say, the counters or the bathroom, and you have a sense of starting something, working through the task and finishing it. And then we can return to the work, the whatever else we were doing. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really good. And as people of faith, of course we have Mm -hmm. the spiritual disciplines that can help us. Um, Is there something that you Sharon find particularly helpful right now, or that you recommend to people that you work with? Um, So for me as a believer, I know that I am extroverted and I, I benefit from the power of praise. So on the, um, what would you call it, with the music streaming apps, I will find whether I collect my favorite artists or I click on a playlist of my, of my favorite artists, I will do that. So, you know, get it going while I'm in the shower, get it going while I'm making a meal, boiling water for tea. I need to have praise around me to remind me of the God that I serve. And for example, if I, if I may last night, Michael W. Smith, um, had a one hour Instagram live concert and it was marvelous. One, it was just a few people, I guess, in his living room, the songs were familiar and it felt like I could lose myself in the music and really focus on the God in whom I believe. Um, so that's what, that's one thing that I find really, really helpful. Um, the other thing I find helpful is to bring to memory or look up the promises of God for when there's, when there's trouble. I have really come to hold on to the, the, the idea that what the Lord promises us is his presence in times of plenty and in times of want. So I want to be reminded of who is this God? How is he present? What is his presence meant to bring? What does it remind me of? And that I find really helps to turn my attention away from the uncertain to the one thing of which I'm certain that is Jesus. I'd like to ask you, Sharon, about mm-hmm. uh, church leaders, for example, um, who, uh, I mean, there are a lot of leaders carrying a lot of people, but I'm thinking particularly about pastors now, mm-hmm. pardon me, who are, um, I'm sure, trying to stay calm for their congregations, trying to be good shepherds, of course, uh, mm-hmm. but such uncertainty and some some even probably feeling a little anxious about, you know, the financial situation of their churches going forward mm-hmm. if this lasts. So can you uh, speak to the pastors who might listen to this podcast and how they could be caring for themselves so that they can care better for others? Yes, that's, uh, thank you for that, Karen. So I um, would invite all pastors and spiritual leaders to read the first maybe seven verses of Second Corinthians chapter 1 and to invite them first and foremost to receive comfort from the Lord before they attempt to give away comfort. Um, I believe that our leaders, yes, they are models, and they're also human. And leaders need to be filled by the same God who who fills 
the congregation, the sheep, if you will. So our shepherds need to know who is their shepherd as well. I would invite pastors to consider, you know, what is in your power to give right now? Are you able to phone people? Do you need to have maybe a longer time in your day where you say, Lord, what do I do? What are you calling me to? Who am I to reach out to? That there's a, there's a time to turn in. And then from that inward feeling, we can turn out. Um, I would also suspect that some pastors might be getting a little bit of criticism for not having done X, Y, or Z. You know, the live feed wasn't seamless last week, or I couldn't see the PowerPoint, mm-hmm. or what are we doing about this? And those are attempts, I would say, to have some control. You know, I don't have to worry about that when I'm at church, but now what's all this about? I would invite pastors to maybe have sober second thought to say, not everything that comes across the desk right now is immediate, and to recognize that we're all in the same boat, right? We're all living in uncertain times. And hopefully pastors have already developed a system of one or two other leaders they trust. They may be pastors in the same, um, the same district. They may be friends from seminary or other trainings. They might be neighborhood friends, but they have some other people from whom they can also uh, receive some comfort. Yeah. Well, thank you, Sharon. Those are uh, good words for a stressful time. And I guess we we need to be gentle with each other and and really be in tune with what we're feeling and experiencing and be able to speak that out loud to people who love us. Sharon, as we bring this to a close, are there any final thoughts and insights and wishes you could share with people listening to this? Yeah. I mean, I would say that we are in this situation through no fault of our own, that this is a global situation of worry, anxiety, and uncertainty. And while that can be frightening, it may be really helpful for us to remind ourselves of what we do know. For me, that sounded like I have a place to live, so I'm safe. I have access to food, so I'm fed. I am warm. And I have access to the people whom I love and who know me best. And I would invite invite listeners to consider to really to count their blessings, what they know to be true in this particular time. If they need anything to reach out to neighbors or friends, um, telephone, distress lines, that we not be ashamed to acknowledge our place of need and that we not be Um, uncertain or blinded to our points of privilege and comfort, and that we take it one day at a time, because the more we can do together to manage what's going on, the better it will be for all of us. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Sharon. That's a pleasure, Karen, anytime. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To listen to more and to subscribe to Faith Today, Canada's Christian magazine, please visit www.theefc.ca forward slash faith today.